Welcome to Distill the Bourbon Podcast. I'm Brent. I'm here with my co-host, Chuck and Brian. Fellas, it's good to be back in the turret once again. It's been a long time. We've had a little bit of a break. Uh, Chuck, you and I have been a little bit under the weather yeah, we have. in the last few weeks. Yep. Brian, how, how have you been? Have you Did you have any bad days? Did you only run 15 miles instead of 20 or anything uh, like yeah, that? Yeah, cut down my mileage. Yeah, I bet. Well, listen, it's great to be uh, back in the room, drinking bourbon and talking about it. Yeah, I met you guys. Yeah, absolutely. So um, since uh, since our last posting, you guys have uh, uh, gone off to um, – French Lick, the Spirits of French Lick, as a matter of fact. Had a great time. Had a great time. Uh, we're working on that uh, video now. We're going to put that up. It does have a little bit of uh, sound quality issue that was just really noisy there. Yeah. It, we were in a production place. There's machinery everywhere, and it just it was a noisy place. But it was a fantastic visit. You guys had a great time, and you had some good juice, right? Yeah. yeah. And we got to sit down with Alan, you know, the master distiller, who is absolutely great. Uh, the, 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 the chief uh, alchemist. Yes, Chief as, as he likes to alchemist. To him. He, I like he's that. He's such a character. He's yeah. there in his bib overalls. Yes, Chief Alchemist and Storyteller. Yeah. Well, he was fantastic, and I hope everybody has a chance to uh, uh, watch that video or listen to it, uh, the audio only version. Uh, it's really a great interview, and I'm sorry that I couldn't clean up the audio any more than than uh, is is there. We knew what we were getting as soon as we did the test. There, it's like this is a noisy place, but there wasn't an unnoisy place in the inside the distillery uh, to do it. So. Uh, but, yeah. the con- but the content's yeah. there. Yeah. Fantastic. And Alan is quite a storyteller and he's a historian as well. He knows a lot about the, the rich history of bourbon in Indiana. So yeah. it's great, great to do. I love that he had, a, um, I won't say nefarious, but a homegrown learning process yeah. that has grown into sure. a, a real professional deal. Right. All right. So, Hey, you guys want to drink some bourbon and talk about it? Yeah. Uh, let me think about it. It's five o'clock somewhere, isn't it? Okay. All right. Sounds good. So today we're going to go back to uh, Western Kentucky and update things. Uh, we have some wonderful distilleries here in our part of the state, right? The Commonwealth has uh, amazing distilleries from uh, east to west and everything in between. And uh, there are three bourbons here that are fairly new to me. And I think they're fairly new in general, are they not? They are. Uh, one from um, uh, Casey Jones. One from MB Roland, and then uh, a new distillery that I'm not familiar with. Yeah, it's the Bard Distillery in uh, Graham, Kentucky. That's in Muhlenberg County. It's in the former Graham School. It has a, a, a cool history. The school, uh, school was built. The first part of the school was built early in the 20th century. It was a it was a coal town, and the fellow who owned the, the coal company built a school for the children of his employees and it grew from there and, and had a long history and it's all the, 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 the Muhlenberg County schools have since been consolidated. So the, uh, the, the Bard family, uh, this is the family for whom Bardstown or the, this fellow is a descendant of the family for whom Bardstown is named, uh, started, uh, in the bourbon business five or six years ago. And, uh, they now have, uh, their, their own juice, uh, and it's called Muhlenberg. Called Muhlenberg has a great label, kind of a cool bottle right there. Um, I think I want to taste some. Yeah, we have it. a pour here. Let's see what uh, see what we got. I think it's got a nice nose to it. So this is the only oh, one does. that I haven't had. Uh, this just got released, I think, about a month ago. Uh, it's this summer, I think. Summer of twenty. I bought this at, at uh, Beverage Barn, and uh, it, you know, it was a pretty reasonable price as well. It was a reasonable price. We bought some at the distillery. I'm trying to think, was it 
45 dollars yeah or something? i know it's under 50 for sure yeah you know that's pretty good i expected to be disappointed i am i'm not yeah it's good it's what's different about it there's not there's pepper but it's it's not uh in your face yeah it's a it, it's a rye bourbon yeah it's an easy drinker though it's gotta be lower proof i would say probably 90 or 100 105 105 isn't it funny that these days we now say it's a lower proof? It must be. It can't, can't be 100. <laughs> wild Turkey 101 lovers oh everywhere gosh, are screaming. Hunter S. Thompson drank Wild Turkey 101 because he was a madman. It's weird. It's in a 700 milliliter bottle as well, which isn't common in the U.S. Yes, they, they talked about that on, on our tour. There's there's bottle shortages out there. Of course there's bottle shortages in COVID uh, supply chain disruption. So they, they had to, to settle for 700 which, you know, maybe that's a, a, a one reason why the price is, is a little bit uh, lower. A little bit lower. Um, but I, I think it's uh, I think it's good juice. I like I it too. All that bourbon consumption during COVID is really putting, hurting on the uh, – the bottle, the bottle industry. <laughs> exactly. But you know what? It works about as well as anything. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so I'm going to say I would absolutely buy this and keep this anytime. Do you think this is going to make a cocktail? I think so. At 100 proof. Oh, um, for, for sure it would make yeah. a cocktail, yeah. but I think it's a good sipper. It's a great sipper, yeah. but I'm just thinking, man, Manhattan made with that sounds delicious. Because you said it's a high ride. Bourbon. It, it, uh, that's what it tastes like to me. I haven't seen the label. Yeah. Yeah, I think it held up well in a cocktail. I don't recall if they say that they're experimenting with a, a weeded bourbon or not. It's been six weeks since we were down there. Uh, nice drive down there. Mm-hmm. It's it's a uh, it's well worth the visit. It's uh, uh they they've got employees now. The the the, the uh, tasting room was was pretty busy. People you know, coming and going. So uh, take me back to Mecklenburg County. There you go. They they they're expanding, so they're doing well. And I I, I believe this is their first uh, locally made self made bourbon. Mm. And I, I guess this for, is a two year. I assume since it's well, new at the back it says aged at least one year. Which I'll tell you, it tastes that tastes pretty good for pretty a good one for year a one year bourbon. So, Chuck, do you know if are they using the uh, the fifty gallon barrels? Or are they using smaller barrels? Uh, you know, you've asked a good question. I don't think we've never been in the Rick House, okay? Because I know a lot of the craft distilleries they use smaller barrels because there's so yes area surface area, they, area right yeah, surface area so they can age faster. So, like a twenty five gallon barrel or right. twenty two or something like yeah. that. Yes, uh, you've asked a good question. I never thought to ask that question while we were there. Because it does not, it tastes like a four-year-old bourbon to me. Yeah, it really does. It's smooth. It is. Oh, we better drink up, Chuck. That's right. Cheers, gentlemen. Man, I just spilled. That's not good. After one. So the next port we're going to have is Barker's Mill from uh, our friends down at MB Roland. And and, uh, before the show, you guys were telling me a great story about... uh, how this came to be, uh, Brian, tell me the story that uh, again. Well, so the story that I heard was that Barker's mill was originally supposed to be uh, a contract distillate. Basically what a contract distillate is a liquor store or a grocery store goes to the distillery, picks their own bourbon, <clears throat> puts their own label on it. And that's becomes their private label. Yeah. Uh, so I was told they went through the entire process, got to the end of the process and then just completely backed out. Uh, the folks at 
uh, MB Roland thought the juice was very good, so they decided they're just going put their own label on put it. Put their own label on it and sell it into retail. And they have a great story on the back of the bottle about the mill. Chuck, can you remember any of that uh, that uh, story? It, it was a real life mill in in Eastern Christian County where uh, MB Roland is located. The, the The town looked like it would be pronounced Pembroke, but down there they pronounced it Pembroke. Pembroke, yeah. Uh, so it was a, uh, a functioning mill on a, on a waterway near where uh, MB Roland operates today. And they say that there was a distillery there at one point. I don't recall what, what the era was, but I think the mill finally became dysfunctional and it was uh, taken down in 1940. So they picked up a local name to apply to it. By the way, you're talking about contract distillate like it's being used by a store or a liquor store, but there are entire brands that simply buy contract distillate. Right. Uh, Bradshaw right. is a fairly big brand, right. um, and it's made by Green River Distilling, and nobody makes any uh, any secret of that at all. Uh, read an article about Bradshaw's in um, Urban, Urban Plus, Plus, yeah, and they're very uh, open about the fact that it's coming out of, out of uh, out of Green River. So you can have some standalone brands that are using contract yeah. distillate. Same thing so, with Duke from Green River, right? Uh, yes, I think yeah. so. And Kirkland's the same way. It's a Costco yeah. brand, basically just out of 1792, and it's common knowledge that that's where it's coming out of. Okay. All right, so let's uh, let's take a little taste of uh, Barker's Mill. Barker's Mill. This one's a little hotter, I think, well, on is. the nose. Well, it is hot on the nose. Nose isn't quite as rich as the Muhlenberg. Now I'm going to guess Brian likes this one. I do because it's a uh, it's a little bit on the peppery side for me. It's very peppery. This is one uh, that I never recommend to anybody that comes in the store <laughs> unless <laughs> they they uh, tell me you know they like rye bourbons or they like uh, high peppery or hot mm-hmm. bourbons because this is a very unique bourbon. This one I've never tasted like this before, but I really enjoy it. It it is smooth and peppery at the same, same time. time. It's yes. it's not harsh. But it's like little explosion or, or going off in, uh, in in your mouth uh, from from that rye taste, but yeah. it it is still smooth. You guys know I'm a wheat guy, not a rye guy, but I like this. This is something that uh, we'll keep here in the bar, and and when we want a, a, a rye, a high rye kind of thing, that I'll probably grab this bottle, and don't surprise a lot of people. Now, it's um, it's not uh, peerless, which is my absolute favorite. True rye whiskey, mm-hmm. but it's uh, fantastic. As it, is. it is a bourbon, I, is it not? I, uh, it is. 100 proof, I believe. Now, you know my eyes aren't as good as they used to be. See what you can make out there, Brian. You got young eyes. You can't be more than 50 yep. years old. <laughs> bourbon whiskey. 100 proof, bought in bonds. Wow, yeah. somebody backed out on a bottle and bond. That's yeah. crazy. And there's no age statement, which means... I wonder if that happened right in the middle of COVID. Possibly. I wish those guys down at, those guys at uh, MB Rolling know what they're doing. They man. do. I, I don't think I've had a product down there that I didn't like. Yeah. And you know, what's interesting about these guys is they got in business, I believe, in 2009, mm-hmm. which was a little bit before the bourbon craze. I mean, it was in its infancy in 2009, but... I mean, they really got ahead of the game. Yeah, first grain to glass uh, um, craft distillery, yeah, right? Distillery, that's correct. Yeah, right in our backyard, uh, about an hour drive from our house, and uh, 
Well, they're, they're like a number of uh, craft distilleries that are in, in, in our part of, of America, whether mm-hmm. it's southern Indiana, western Kentucky. Uh, they're, they're small. They're craft distillers, but they are ambitious. They have a big product line. Uh, you go to MB Rowland. You've got a lot to choose from. You go to um, uh, K, uh, to Casey's. Um, Casey Jones. Uh, Casey Jones. They, my gosh, they must have 15 or 18 uh, to choose I think from. they're starting to run into a problem where you – I think there's a state law or a federal law that you can only try 13 uh, products, you right? Can try, yeah. So they have more product than you can possibly try. Right. Yeah, you you have to make choices. Yeah, yeah. tough choices. And but uh, they're some, some of them have more than one kind of bourbon. Uh, no question, MB Rowland, they know what they're doing. It, it doesn't mean that you're going to like everything that they they do because they they go for it in some cases. That uh, that, uh, that dark fired uh, corn that they make, you know, make for a very yeah. smoky bourbon. Donna Stennett likes that. Donna Stennett likes it. Uh, I've had marching orders to buy it for her. It's <laughs> it's not my jam. Uh, but to borrow the phrase of uh, some good podcast friends of ours, I don't want to yuck someone else's yum. And there so, you go. <laughs> uh, and, and as I'll also say, if I'm not going to drink it, it's more for the rest of you. Right. There you go. And the cool thing about these craft distilleries is they're the ones that are pushing the envelope. I mean, the big guys aren't for trying. For real. In the past five years, they've started to try new things. But the craft distilleries are what's pushed the envelope to try different things in the bourbon industry. They're really exciting. And, you know, you can't go to MB, or I don't recommend you go to MB Rowland and leave there without some of their um, dark cherry moonshine. I'm not a big moonshine guy. I don't like all those apple pie things. Uh, but that dark cherry with some Dr. Pepper, uh, boys, I can do that all day long and twice on Sunday and watch a football game and that's be a, a happy camper. That's like some real redneck stuff you're, you're well, getting into. Well, you know, I've lived all across the, the southern states, including Alabama, so I guess I'm qualified. But um, – yeah, it's uh, it's pretty good, and and what a great tour! What great folks! And if you don't if you don't uh, reach out and find Mudcat down there, uh, or or Mike, uh, the, uh, what's the distiller's name that we spent some time with down there? Mike, 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 yeah, and Mike, Mike and Mike. Uh, those guys are just, just fantastic, and they have some fantastic uh, distillery cats, which uh, always makes for a pleasant visit. But the guys at Casey Jones are keeping up with uh, with things; they're really growing. Uh, I can't remember how many dollars I, they're putting millions of dollars. Multi multi-million. Uh, are they getting a new still? Is that right? A new still. Yeah. So if you've never been to Casey Jones, I'd highly recommend it. So they have a very unique still, uh, back when Casey Jones was a moonshiner. Um, I'll let Chuck elaborate on that a little bit later. No, you're on a roll. But uh, the new steel is basically going to be an exact replica of that. So it's now, a coffin style. Coffin style. The original Casey Jones was a coffin maker before right. he was a steel maker. And he became a fantastic, amazing steel maker and very successful, right? That's correct. Uh, so, of course, the, the original steel, they, they built themselves. Uh, this steel, they're reaching out to Vendome, which is the largest maker of best of the best in the, right in, in the world yeah uh which is also just happens to be in louisville kentucky the bourbon mecca uh but yeah it's an interesting story and i'm just so glad when i heard they're going to do a new still i was like i just hope that they keep that that heritage and that and that still that they have used for so long and since the first time that we went to casey jones to do a podcast They've expanded their tasting room. Mm-hmm. My wife and I uh, flew out to visit friends in Vancouver, uh, British Columbia, 
in May of 2022, and we got back over Memorial Day weekend. And on, I guess it was Memorial Day, we cruised into uh, into Casey Jones and walked in. It's like, what has happened here? <laughs> they, they can accommodate a lot more uh, tasters. Uh, we got to have a, a, a personal, just my wife and I, uh, with the uh, uh, a, a shop employee. And she was she was terrific. Uh, I noticed that she had little post-it notes behind the bottles, but they had fifteen or eighteen bottles. So you know, yeah. th- there was a lot there. That's a lot to know. And uh, later, uh, I talked to uh, Peg, who's uh, oh, the, love Peg, uh, yeah. the, one of the owners. She and her husband, and uh, she kind of sidled up to me, and she said, uh, "So, uh, how, how how was she on, on that tasty?" I said, "She was wonderful. She's got a lot of personality, and uh, you know, was very accommodating." And Peg said, "That was her first tasting." Wow. I think she'd worked there for a while, but it, it was... it, And she we, did great. We were her maiden voyage, and she did terrific. She was wonderful. Yeah. And we bought uh, enough to get a discount, put it like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me tell you, the folks at Casey Jones just know how to do it. I've not met anyone down there that just wasn't a wonderful, lovely person. Peg and AJ are mm-hmm. amazing. Uh, AJ's grandson, who runs the steel mm-hmm. quite a bit, um, well, is very cool, and I enjoy talking to him. And then... Everybody in the uh, tasting room slash gift shop, do they have merchandise still or is that? Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, uh, just a great place. You have to go to Casey Jones if you haven't been there. Uh, we love it. And come back and you, you're going to come back with bottles. You're going to come back with Eclipse. You're going to come back with Double Barrel. Uh, and this one that we're about to try is their newest. It's their weeded bourbon. And um, I'm trying to remember if this one's won a, a prize yet. I can't remember. Uh, they are award-winning down at Casey Jones. But uh, I tried this at Beverage Barn. Um, you guys have uh, tastings often on Fridays, right, Brian? We do. So we'll have different distilleries come in or maybe just uh, representatives for brands come in. The great thing about Casey Jones being a small distillery is actually have their sales rep for Kentucky come in. Very knowledgeable, you know, sells bottles, you know, has – a plethora of knowledge about Casey Jones and their, their rich history. So it's great to have those guys down and, and have tastings. Yeah. I just walked in, uh, uh looking for some other things. Um, um, uh, had to buy some wedding gifts and, uh, had my Casey Jones hat on and Scott says, Hey, nice hat. Yeah. And I look over and there's ta- Casey Jones tasting as like, all right, I'm in the right place at the right time. Yeah. It was great. So we talked and he, and I said, Oh, what's this bottle? He said, well, this is our new weeded. So we're going to try their weeded. Their, I think this is their newest product, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and, man, it was fantastic at the at the tasting. Uh, and this is my first bottle, so I hope this is as, as good as it was on the day. Smells good. Wow, that is sweet. That's that weeded bourbon. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's some good stuff, man. That's, that's almost a little candy corn. You know what? I'm going to. We're gonna to have to blind this one day up against some some big boys, maybe oh, yeah. some Weller some or Weller. something. Yeah, that would and see because this would is go good. With I would buy this all day. How much does that run, Brian? Do you remember? It's like twenty five, thirty bucks. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Super reasonable for a bottle yeah. like this. Yep. And that's a great thing. I, I love it when these distillers that get in the business and, and they. Make it a, a reasonable price, you know, for your everyday consumer. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there's bottles that are hundred plus dollars, but uh, your everyday consumer can't afford that on a you know weekly or daily basis. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's great to see them, and uh, actually, these other bottles here is the same deal. And 
Well, I hope it stays that way. I have this feeling that people are going to find out about Casey Jones and MB Rowland and and now the folks that are making Muhlenberg um, Bar Distillery. Distillery and uh, those and, suckers and, are going to. And here's the thing: all of these are, are country distilleries. They're very convenient to interstates or Kentucky's four lane uh, parkways, limited access parkways. Both uh, MB Rowland and Casey Jones are located within. One of them is located within five minutes of Interstate 24, mm -hmm. which runs from Nashville to – does 24 end up in St. Louis or wherever it goes off to? Um, but it, it's right off in, in Interstate. Yeah, it's like an hour and 15 minutes from Nashville, right? So if you're in the Nashville area and you're looking for a day trip, this is a great place to uh, go, man. Uh, you can get two or three in uh, easy in a day trip, right? Uh, we have listeners in St. Louis who, who've heard our original Casey Jones uh, podcast and drove down to Casey Jones to uh, uh, to buy some product. So uh, MB Rowland is five minutes off the interstate. Casey Jones is 10 minutes off the sure. interstate. And uh, uh, the bar distillery in, in, uh, in Graham, Kentucky, is like almost within sight of the Western Kentucky Parkway, which for all intents and purposes is an interstate. So right. uh, they're, they're off the beaten path, but they're close to the beaten path. Love it. Absolutely love it. Western Kentucky bourbons making a big splash, uh, so to speak. Uh, in the bourbon world, uh, I, I love these. I would uh, I would drink these all day. And I, I, I love that comment about the, the, the $100 bourbons are, are tough for your weekly or daily purchases. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you're drinking a fifth a day, you probably don't want to spend $100. Uh, uh, well. maybe, you don't, don't, maybe you don't need to be drinking a fifth right, a day. Yeah. Well, I'm, I got a couple of buddies I'm not too sure about, but we'll see. Uh, so, all right, uh, fellas, what do you think? Anything else that uh, you want to share? Hey, they could hardly be any more different. Uh, right. I liked every one of them. It's well known to people who listen to our podcast. Uh, we're not big into the tasty notes. My, I think probably the favorite quote that I've ever heard was from a, a head distiller that we interviewed on one of our podcasts who told us privately. We, we were asking, well, what about the tasty notes? And his response was, uh, tasty notes are largely a function of the marketing department. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Which I thought was an incredibly refreshing yeah. view of it. Yeah. Look, uh, once again, uh, you know, if, if you're into, uh, you know, pulling out, we, we have friends, you have friends, you've got people who work for you yeah. who are great at pulling out those yeah. flavors. It's not my thing. If I eat chocolate ice cream, I either like the chocolate ice cream or I don't like the cho chocolate ice cream. Well, actually, I get kind of chocolate uh, uh, notes off of chocolate ice cream. Yeah. But, you know, you like it, you don't like it, you kind of, you know, eh, about it. Uh, these are all really different. They're all really good. Yeah. Uh, I'm, yeah, to, I'm, I'm to, proud of West uh, Kentucky. To quote Mudcat Mike from MB Rowland Distillery, it's like, uh, my, my level of sophistication is, mm, yeah, that's good. <laughs> no, I don't like that. That's that's about it. These are all good. I I, I would say that the uh, the Barker's Mill and the Muhlenberg are closer together. Of course, they're they're right. They're rye whiskeys. I don't know uh, the exact mash bill, but they're definitely rye flavoring. Uh, the Casey Jones being weeded. Probably we should have had the Casey Jones first. First, yeah. If, if we, but uh, I tell you what, it stands up well enough that that it, its flavors uh, yeah. uh, speak for themselves. I knew I'd like it the best, so that's why I put it in last. And that's the great thing. I mean, look how close these distilleries are, and yet they still have their unique characteristics. Very each, unique. Each bottle is just very different. Uh, by the way, this Casey Jones weeded bourbon, uh, 109.7 proof. Doesn't smooth. taste like that. Smooth. And it is uh, three years old. Oh, three years. It is. Fantastic. So big things happening at Casey Jones. They're expanding like crazy. They're building stills. I think they're building rick houses, maybe. Uh, yep. And uh, – Always great times at uh, MB Roland. 
they continue to do amazing things. And then and the, I think they're going to be making some investment down there as well. Oh, is that and, right? And so is the Bard on our tour at, at uh, the Bard Distillery. Uh, we got a, a rundown on how they're going to be expanding out of the, the old school gymnasium. Uh, into the, the school itself. And I think they're talking about, you know, kind of a retail emporium and maybe attracting a restaurant in there, which there's not a lot of competition in Graham, Kentucky. Uh, that that would be great to have a, a food destination. Uh, I'm, I'm just so proud of all three of them. Uh, if, if, if it weren't good, I'd speak up. Yes. Uh, it's, this, is, this is mighty tasting, sipping whiskey. Uh, I think the first two, I think the Barker's Mill and the Muhlenberg, they definitely would be good in cocktails. The weeded, probably a little mild. No, yeah. just enjoy the weeded for what it is, I think. Amen. But, um, you, you know, fellas, uh, um, it's probably a good thing that we remind our listeners that we have no affiliation with any uh, distillery nope. other than Brian owns uh, four liquor stores and sells products, but uh, uh, we don't get paid for this. We just drink whiskey and tell you what we think about it. And in this case... We like all three. I, I think no distillery would have us. <laughs> yeah. Except yet. Yet. Except <laughs> as guests. Yeah. Uh, no, I just, I, I like to, to brag on what's good. Okay. I'm going to go on a little, little Chuck rant here. All right. So many people are, are chasing after allocated whiskey and that's fine. If that's what they want to do, more power to them. And, you know, and I, I could join them in, in the race. There is so much good product on the shelves these days. And, there's a lot of product that's available every day of the week. Uh, a lot of what we've had right here is available every day of the week at reasonable prices. Okay, maybe maybe you won't find this in Wisconsin or, or Montana, but if you're if you're within the sound of my voice, um, you you can or if you visit these distilleries and you know how passionate I am about visiting distilleries, we're heading off tomorrow to go to go to Danville to visit one of our favorite distilleries for the fourth time. I just I'm a big fan of bourbon tourism. There's so much great product. You know, if if you don't want to join the allocated uh, race, uh, there's just so you much don't to have enjoy. to spend money no. to enjoy bourbon. If you want to, great. Um, we've all said it. We're not collectors. We're drinkers, right? That's right. We, we're going to enjoy it. We're going to. Um, we're not going to flip bottles. I've never sold a bottle of bourbon. I guess Brian, you sell bourbon every day, but you you do it as a as an as a proper uh, ethical uh, businessman. Uh, so you know we don't flip bottles. We don't collect bottles. Uh, we I, just drink great. I, I bourbon. will admit there's a bottle of Weller. Um, twelve-year-old that hasn't been cracked yet. I've been waiting for that special occasion, the big celebration. Well, that's yeah, still you're still going to drink it. And, you're not just holding and, it. To- and we might be having one here in my household oh, pretty soon. Is that right? Yeah, and we're not having a baby. Oh. Okay. Well, I was going to ask, but and I was going to be impressed. <laughs> but uh, anyway, with that said, fellas, anything else? Drink responsibly, please. Please drink responsibly.